0: Good morning, 9th Street. I am thankful to be able to gather here today, and I'm thankful for all the guys who have worked hard this week to make that happen for us. And so uh, we're grateful to be able to join together, however we may be scattered. I hope this morning finds you doing well, um, and you're surviving your your hibernation at home and uh, all the small places that we may be at. but we have to be honest today that today is an awkward day. It's one of those days, the last few weeks have been a struggle in many ways and shapes and forms, um, and the struggle has been a lot of subtle things, at least in my life, and uh, not so subtle things in a few areas of my life, and, and, um, and most obvious and, and less subtle of all as I'm speaking to mostly empty room here today. Um, I know uh, when I was a, an early speaker, uh, they always used to use that silly thing of, uh, if, you were, if you're nervous, just imagine everybody in their underwear. Um, well, I, I've seen my neighbor in his boxer shorts, and that's not a very comforting and encouraging thought to me. So I don't know what I'll do to be less nervous today, because I'm, le- I'm more nervous speaking to an empty room than I would be to speaking all of you in live. But, but I'm thankful to be able to share with us today, uh, to learn together, to grow together, and hopefully be encouraged um, in a time that is... Uh, Challenging and interesting, and a lot of other things uh, all at the same time. Um, I don't know how you're surviving um, the quarantine and all the things that are going on with that, the isolation that we're dealing with. But one of the things that I have found that if I don't learn to laugh well or to uh, find some things that at least make me smile throughout the course of my day, uh, I kind of go a little crazy. And so I've been collecting uh, pictures and memes and things that I've seen that have kind of helped me to laugh. Through some of the, uh, the crazy and silly things that, that we're going through um, as well. So I wanted to show a few of those with you just to highlight some of the, uh, the unique um, situations that we find ourselves in. Uh, I think one of the things that I note first of all is just that there's so much extra free time, right? Um, sadly, for a sports fan, there are no sports to watch. Um, there's not much going out. There's, some of you are working from home. A few of you are quarantined at home. And um, I don't know what you're finding to do to uh, to fill the time. Uh, but I love what one person said. Uh, just, I talked about filling their time. He says, the truth is, it's not so boring at home. But it's interesting now how one bag of rice has 7,456 pieces of of rice and another bag has 7,489 pieces of rice. So I don't know if you're counting bags of rice or if you're counting other things or what you're doing that's fun or productive uh, to fill your time, but I hope that you're finding some good constructive things to do. Another thing that I've noticed over these last few weeks is just, our, uh, just the fear of having a basic cough in public. Uh, if you've been in the store, and I was the other day, and I needed to cough, and uh, I had to catch myself. I thought, if I cough, everybody in the store is going to uh, move a mile away from me. Um, I love this picture of this young man who uh, uh, was trying to hold in that cough. And so maybe you have felt like that. You can identify with that, that pressure of trying to, uh, to hold back that cough. Um, Who would have thought that when 2020 began that one of the things that we'll remember most about this period of time is the hoarding of toilet paper, right? There's no toilet paper, paper products to be found around us. Um, and I loved what somebody said about this for whatever reason, we're hoarding toilet paper. But they said, if you need 144 rolls of toilet paper for a 14 day quarantine, you probably should have seen a doctor long before COVID-19 uh, hit us. And so I, I appreciated that um, as well. But um, if you've gone shopping though, it's not just toilet paper that short. Um, it's everything. You go to the grocery store and limits of there. And so it can be a very, uh, uh nervous thing. Uh, if you ever watched the TV show chopped, somebody said that grocery shopping has become an episode of chops. What can I make with a bruised apple, a can of deviled ham, breadcrumbs, chicken feet, and maple syrup. Go, go make supper for your family with that. Um, one of my favorite things, though, is that we're all homeschoolers now, uh, as a former homeschooling family. Uh, all the stresses that I watched my wife go through all the years in doing that, um, everybody's in that boat now. So it's a fun time. We're all homeschoolers. Um, and there's been some funny things, if, at least if social media is accurate. Uh, some of you are struggling with this whole thing. And, uh, and I, I, one little boy, Ben, he's an eight-year-old, uh, he wrote in his little school journal uh, these words that someone shared on, online said, Uh, This is his journal, Ben, eight years old, about his first day of homeschooling. It is not going good. My mom's stressed out. My mom is really getting confused. We took a break so my mom can figure this stuff out. And I'm telling you, it is not going good. Uh, So maybe that's your uh, your sentiment if you are stuck in that boat a little bit. Um, But if you're looking for some help, somebody else shared this thought. that since uh, there's no school, we have a, a spirit week for homeschool, and the first day, today, Monday, can be Meltdown Monday and just get the week started off right and well uh, as well. And, but I love this little journal. There was a cousin, uh, a young boy who, who has always been a homeschooler, and he wrote to his now homeschooling cousin these encouraging words that I, I thought this was just a lot of fun. So if you're a little kid... Um, looking to make these homeschool days go better, here's some advice for you from this uh, experienced homeschool kid. He says, This is your homeschool survival guide. The key to homeschool is trickery and distraction. Your mom will think she's in charge, so let her. Follow these tips and you'll rule. Ask for three to four breakfasts. That'll take at least an hour of your day. Number two, beg to read first and then stay quiet as long as she forgets you in your room. Number three, during your worst subject, uh, go poop for an hour. Uh, number four, uh, I can say poop when there's nobody in the room. I can get away with that. Uh, number four, ask her useless questions. And number five, give her lots of compliments. She won't notice you're not working. These tips are just the beginning, he said. Let me know how it goes and I will send you more. Best of luck. Uh, so I hope the homeschooling thing goes well for all of you and all of us in this time. And last but not least, the, the new thing to a lot of us is this whole social distancing thing. It is a, a, a new thing for many of, you, of us. Uh, many of us have never heard of social distancing before the last few weeks, uh, except all of our introverted friends who have been waiting and praying for this to become the cool thing for their whole lifetime. And so now they are celebrating and rejoicing that social distancing is now a cool thing. Uh, But here we find ourselves, uh, and maybe you remember the old Where's Waldo books from many years ago, uh, where they'd stick Waldo in these crowded scenes, and it was hard to find him. Well, they have come out with a Where's Waldo social distancing edition, and it looks a little bit like this. Where's Waldo? It's one guy in a striped shirt standing in a field with five people. So uh, it's a much quicker read than it used to be back in the time, in the day when we were kids. Um, And then last but not least, uh, someone suggested that State Farm, May need to change their slogan. It uh, used to be like a good neighbor, state farmers there. Now it needs to be like a good neighbor, you stay over there. All right? So uh, there are things that uh, are just different around us, and uh, there are uh, challenges. Um, and there's a lot of things I don't understand, I don't know, things that are confusing. But one thing I am grateful for I am grateful for the rock solid presence of Christ. Um, in our lives during a time like this, we are starting today a series that we are have uh, been talking to you for the last few weeks. Uh, we've been looking and talking about starting our, our Core Fifty Two um, study. Uh, that is a book that was written by Mark Moore uh, last couple of years, and uh, it's a book that's going to guide us through fifty two key our uh, core themes from Scripture. Uh, key verses from God's word that if, if we learn them, if we know them, it's going to raise our biblical IQ. It's going to raise our confidence in God's word. And so we are starting that today. And, and as we'll show here in a second, I, I think it couldn't happen at a better time for us. But if you get pick up one of these books and if you don't have one, uh, you can go to the webpage that Michael mentioned, uh, to home church and, and just look on that core 52 tab. There's a place you can order a book there. Uh, we'll deliver it to you um, free of charge. And uh, uh, the book will cost you 10 bucks, but the delivery's is free. Um, and uh, we will uh, get you that. You can find if you're a Kindle person, you can find a Kindle version of this as well. Um, what you're going to find is that with each core theme, there is a weekly reading to teach you about a core theme. There is a Bible memory verse that we hope that you will learn uh, as well with that. There's a section or two from the Bible that helps us to see this theme played out in scripture. And there's an application to help you grow in this core truth. So this is all about, again, building your Bible IQ, your confidence in God's word. And this is the first day of this study. So if you're just joining us or you're jumping online from some other place and haven't uh, heard about this, you have not missed much. And uh, we'd encourage you to grab a book and join with us in this time. And I am grateful that we have this going on right now as a connecting point for all of us here at church while we're isolated. And I think this can be a good connecting point and a growing point for us as we look for something to do with those extra moments that we have in our life. I would direct you to one more resource here with our Core 52. If you would, uh, sometime after this is over, look up the website core52.org. There's a link to it on our webpage as well. Um, At the top of that page, you will find a, a tab that says Your Lessons. If you will click on that and set up a free account through that website, you will unlock additional teaching videos for each lesson. Uh, a video that helps you learn the memory verse, which is a very helpful thing I thought this week for me. Uh, there's discussion questions for you to be able to interact both with yourself and with others. Uh, and there's the Bible text for that week. And so a lot of good things on that. And also it'll help you to keep track of your progress. So if you want to see my, my learning and my growing things, that'll help you to do that as well. So you can do this for yourself. I um, encourage you if you get together with a friend or two, um, as long as it's not above 10, it we're safe it seems like for now. And so uh, get together, grow in your faith through this. Allow this to be a tool that you use to help you and grow your faith in this time. So we jump into Core 52 today with a theme that I couldn't, I couldn't be more happy to be starting today. It's this theme of, of real Jesus. We are looking at this book from a thematic approach. So if you get a book, we're not going through chapter 1 through 52. We're going to kind of hop around and, and use it from a thematic approach so that we stay on the church calendar and, and talk about the right things at Easter and Christmas and other places throughout the year. But as events have un- <clears throat> as un- unfolded throughout this week, I, I was more and more grateful that we are doing this theme at this time. With everything changing around us and so many hard things that seem like people are wrestling and worried about and and probably more hard things that are coming our way over the next few weeks, we need a reminder of the greatness and the bigness of Jesus. And when you look at the core things the Bible says about who Jesus really is, It ought to have a calming and also an empowering effect upon our lives, our attitudes, and our approach to all that is going on around us. And so we are going to look at some heart-strengthening themes as we are today. The incarnation, that good news that you are not alone. The kingdom, that Jesus is King of kings and Lord of lords. The cross, that Jesus has died for all that is wrong and broken in this world. The resurrection, that Jesus is Lord of life. And the ascension, that Jesus has risen, He reigns, He works in heaven for you, waiting to come and get you and to restore all that is broken in our world. That's the real Jesus we need when times get really hard. And so let's jump into today's core idea of the incarnation and let's think about the encouragement, the strengthening that comes from knowing that we are not alone in this life. Um, and in our faith. The Bible is full of amazing statements and claims. If you read it, you can probably find something on every page that, that, makes you, uh, that challenges you. But I firmly believe that amongst all the great claims and statements of Scripture, few of them can compete with uh, the memory verse that we were supposed to learn this week, or John 1.14. John 1.14 says that the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen His glory, glory as of the only Son, from the Father, full of grace and full of truth. Just read that again and think about the implications of that, that the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen His glory, glory as of the only Son, from the Father, full of grace and truth. What an incredible statement that is, that God became flesh. In your reading this week, there were several key truths that you learned as we we read about the incarnation. Um, Mark Moore brought up things like the incarnate God is near, and that the incarnate God is love, and the incarnate God suffered. But today, I want us to kind of focus on how the incarnate God is near to us. In a world that is isolating and we feel distant and removed, God is still near. And so what does incarnation mean? When you read that word, the definition of it is a person who embodies in the flesh a deity or a spirit or an abstract quality. And so when we apply that to Jesus and the incarnation... We get the idea that God has entered our experience. He has become one of us as the second person in the Trinity that we sang about a moment ago. He took on flesh. He lived our lives. And he gave his life for us so that we might have life with him again. The word, God himself, has become flesh. And so in many ways, when we look at Jesus, Jesus is God and God is Jesus and that is a profound thought that people have wrestled with and the implications of that. But I want us to think about the implications of that for our lives today, especially in the situation we find ourselves in. As Michael sang that Joy to the World song, oftentimes we do sing and celebrate this truth of the Incarnation at Christmas time. But in Matthew 1 22 and 23, uh, these verses were written just for all time, not just Christmas time, to encourage us. Matthew would write this, All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. The incarnate God is near. God has come to be with us because and through the incarnation. What an incredible claim that is. That is a world changer if that's true. When we embrace the idea that God has drawn near to us, has become one of us, it should change some things about us and the way we see ourselves, the way we see the world, and we say, the way we see God. But I want to just think about th- three truths or ideas that flow from that core idea of incarnation that I hope will help shape us and encourage us um, in these days, uh, moment by moment as we walk through the things that are going on around us. And that first truth is simply this, that incarnation reveals God's character. That when you see that word, that the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And then he talks about, we have seen his glory. What Jesus was doing as God became flesh, it reveals the character of God. I don't know if you've ever asked the question, I wonder what God is like little kids ask that question. We as adults maybe ask that question. What is God like? And what would God want me to be like um, in my life? Well, the good news about incarnation is that we don't need to look farther than, than Jesus. While we are separated, while they are separated personalities in the Trinity of the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, they are united as one God. That God is, is Jesus and Jesus is God. And, and when I want to know the heart and the character of God, what is God like? Incarnation tells us that Jesus is the visible illustration of all of those characteristics. The Bible says many things about the character of God. It says he is holy. It says he is love. It says he is just and he is a judge. It says he is merciful and gracious. It says he is full of compassion and powerful and creator, and he's full of truth and wisdom and that he is unchanging, that he is faithful, he is good, he is glorious. And if I look to and I listen to Jesus, I will see all of those characteristics at work in the life and the lessons of Jesus. If you keep reading in the book of John, you're going to get to chapter 14, where Jesus goes on again to make another audacious claim. And if, if he's wrong, it, it completely makes him out to be a liar and someone who shouldn't be believed but in that chapter, Jesus is having a last conversation with his disciples before he leaves them. He's preparing them for his departure. And so he's telling them, hey, you're, uh, you can trust me. Put your trust in God. It's going to be okay, even though the next few moments are going to be very hard. But in chapter 14, verse 6, listen to these words. John 14:6 and following it says, Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do not know him and have seen him. And so one of his disciples heard Jesus talking about, uh, if you see Jesus, you know God. And and so he says, well, Jesus, just show us the Father and that will be enough for us. And read these words with me. Uh, I think they'll show up on your screen there. It says, Jesus answered, don't you know me, Philip, even after I have been among you such a long time? Anyone who has seen me, Has seen the Father. So, how can you say, show us the Father? Look at that statement again. Anyone who has seen me, Jesus says, has seen the Father. That Jesus came and he displayed and demonstrated who God is. And Jesus goes on to say in verses 10 and 11, Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Believe me when I say, I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. If God is Jesus and Jesus is God, how important is it then for us to be really good students of Jesus, of the life and the lessons that Jesus taught us through his existence on this earth? Incarnation shows us the character of God, and so we should study Jesus very, very well. But there's a second truth, I think, that incarnation also brings to us, that incarnation brings us comforts. It brings comfort to us. Um, one of my favorite preacher jokes um, uh, is this one. One summer, there was a, a, a very violent thunderstorm going on outside, and there was a mother who was tucking her, her young son into bed, and uh, she was about to turn off the light, and, and she gave him his little kiss on the forehead and, and, and said goodnight. When he asked with a tremor in his voice, Mommy, will you sleep with me tonight? And the mother smiled and gave him a, a reassuring hug and another uh, kiss on the head. And says, I can't, dear. She said, I have to sleep in daddy's room. And the long silence as mom was leaving the room was broken by the boy's whimpery voice. who says, that big sissy. Um... I don't know if that's funny at home or not, but we'll see. I don't know if my jokes get funny over the internet or not. But uh, I don't know about you, but there's a lot of unsettling things and emotions that that I have been wrestling with over these last few days and weeks. And I bet you have had some of those as well. There are so many things that maybe were on your calendar that you had plans. Now they're canceled, maybe postponed. And I went through my calendar the day and, and next week would have been a really fun week in my family. And they weren't weren't things that were life and death, but they were things that we'd look forward to. And um, deleting, deleting, deleting. That's discouraging. There's a sadness that fills us as we, we lose things that we look forward to. So we grieve a little bit of that and we hurt with that. Or maybe it's just basic routines that are turned completely upside down. Life feels very different and very awkward right now. Maybe it's fears and uncertainty about our future Maybe it's your health or maybe it's the economy or the economic situation you might find yourself in or we all might find ourselves in. And those are scary things, unsettling things. Um, And so the good news of incarnation is that Jesus brings comfort into those troubling things because we realize that we're not alone. Five years ago, Disney Pixar came out with a movie that was one of my favorites they've ever done. It was the movie Inside Out. If you remember that movie, it was, a, it was a story about Riley, who was a happy, hockey-loving, loving 11-year-old Midwestern girl whose family moves to California. And it, it's just her processing. But the beauty of the story is it went inside her mind. And it showed you five characters that they kind of took her emotions and gave them a character. That all throughout that movie, they're wrestling uh, to help her process all that is going on. The emotions of joy and fear, and anger, and disgust, and sadness, and and just the the fun of that movie was watching all of those emotions try to work out the situation, so I had to help Riley make sense of everything that's going on around her, and to eventually find some joy in her life again. It feels like a lot of those emotions, at least in my mind, of certain days have been kind of having a WWE wrestling match inside of my head, and and, uh, we can feel alone, We can feel confused. We can feel a little lost in all of this. But the good news of incarnation is that it brings us comfort because this truth reminds us that we are not alone. God has drawn closer to us. The God who was above all the chaos has stepped into the chaos. And through the chaos offers us a helping hand. And that is good news. One of God's greatest promises to his servants is this simple phrase that you will read over and over as you read character after character in the pages of Scripture, I am with you. I am with you. That's the promise that God made to Abraham, a man alone, lost many times, following God in faith to a land. He had no idea where he was going, what was going to happen to him. And yet God repeatedly comes and says, I am with you. That's the promise to Moses A man who felt so insecure and so insignificant and inept to do what God wanted him to do in his life. Yet God didn't take him out of the chaos, but he just simply said, Moses, calm down and trust me because I am with you. I will be with you. To Joshua, a new leader facing a strong land to conquer and filling the giant shoes of the former leader Moses. He says, be strong and courageous because I am with you. To David, a man on the run for more than a dozen years of his life, I will be with you. And I think Psalm 23 is written from, that, from faith in that promise, that the Lord is my shepherd, no matter where I find myself. He is with me. To Daniel and his friends, exiled in a foreign land in Babylon, God's promise, as we sang earlier, I will be with you, even in the fire. And to us. Jesus says in Matthew 28, as we go about living out our discipleship life and and trying to help other people become disciples of Jesus, Jesus says, don't be afraid of this giant task and the hard things that come your way because I will be with you always. And it is the incarnation that helps us to believe that. Those are great words from a distance, but Jesus has entered into the fray with us. He has entered into the struggle and because he has come, incarnation brings comfort to us. I would just have you maybe jot down these prayers from Scripture. And maybe as you feel anxious or struggle with some of the things that are going on around you, perhaps pull these out on a regular basis and just kind of pray your way through them. The first is from Psalm 139, verses 23 and 24. Some of my favorite words in Scripture. It's just a simple request. God, search me and know my hearts, Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. It is a helpful thing to pause every once in a while and just say, God, I've got all these emotions and thoughts. I'm angry. I'm frustrated. I'm worried. And God, I need you to kind of help me sort them out. And so use that prayer maybe to guide you. Let let God lead your heart and your mind through this time. And the second one is simply a passage we looked at a few weeks ago from Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 and following, where it tells this, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. Let your calmness even be evident to all. And why can we do that? Because the Lord is near. And why do you believe that? It's because the incarnation has shown us that God has stepped into our world. He goes on to say, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And then the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds. In Christ Jesus. And so the incarnation is a beautiful core truth because it reveals the character of God in the person of Jesus. It's a great truth because incarnation brings comforts. But third and last, incarnation shows us the culmination of history. And I spelled history there with that, his story, right? Because I think we, we look at the world and it seems chaotic. We wonder, where is this all going? What's the point of all this? Um, and so, I think it's helpful to look at the pages of Scripture and realize that that history is very much God playing out His story in our lives. And so, as we look at what the uh, incarnation does and teaches us and reminds us of, it just reminds us that God is faithfully working out His plan in all of our histories. And so I heard a few years ago, a good way to learn the flow of the Bible and to kind of remember it is to simply ask, where is God in proximity to people in the pages of scripture? Because at different times in the Bible, God relates differently to people. You open up the beginning of your Bible and you find Adam and Eve living in a garden together, united. They walked in the cool of the morning with, with God. There was no barriers. There was no division. They walked in perfect harmony and fellowship and love together. Then you come to Genesis 3 and the fall happens and you find them separated by sin and God is no longer able to walk with people because sin has entered the lives of humanity and a perfect God can't live in harmony with them. And so you find them separated and they live far apart, but God doesn't give up. God begins to build a bridge back towards humanity and you find Abraham, that God begins to promise that he's going to relate to the world through Abraham and his family uh, he has chosen a family who will bless the whole world through. And then you find Moses and the law and the old covenant. And you find a tent and a tabernacle where God dwells in the holy place of the temple. And there are priests who, if I want to go make a sacrifice to God to say, I'm sorry. If I want to ask God for something, I relate to God through a temple, a tabernacle, through priests, through others. But I'm getting closer to God, closer. And then Jesus, in the story of Christmas, Jesus shows up, Emmanuel and now God is with us. And then finally, Jesus dies and is buried and rises again and he ascends back to heaven. And then you find the church age begins in the book of Acts and, and the Holy Spirit comes. And now it's not just God with us, but now as Christians, it's God in us. And finally, you get to the end of the Bible and, and you see heaven being inaugurated in the, pages, the last pages of, of Revelation Again, we are together, united as one, just as we were in the beginning. No more barriers. And I just love these beautiful words from Revelation 21. That just simply reminds us of that. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. What is God's great desire? It is to be with His people. They will be His people, and God Himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death, no more mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. And He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. And then He said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. What a beautiful picture. What a beautiful promise. And so what is God's history? What is his story he's playing out? It's about calling us back together. And the incarnation is a beautiful promise an anchor point in that. That if God would come and be with us in that way, he will come again so that we might be with him in all of that glory and that beauty. And so incarnation reinforces this work that God is doing in history. And so today you have a choice. What are we going to do with this core truth of incarnation? I hope it drives us to be closer students and better students of Jesus. Because um, in knowing him, we know God more. I hope it brings calmness to your heart to know that God has moved in your direction. And I hope that as you think on this, that you just realize that, you know what? Life seems very chaotic and out of control sometimes. But there is a big picture. There is a bigger story that we we all get to be a part of. And so um, I would just quote to you one of the most, most, most shared verses over the last few weeks, uh, not because of the Bible, but because of we've all been called to wash our hands. But I love James 4.8, not because of the washing hands part, but because of what it says first. James 4.8, come near to God and he will come near to you. And then there's the wash your hands, wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. That's an important part too. Um, but God calls us to come Come near to God, and He will come near to you. So I hope that no matter where you find yourself in this time, that you are drawing near to Him. And He promises to meet you in that, to be there when you do. So I just want to encourage us today to draw near to God right where you are. And I just want this to be a time when we pray today, and then I've got a few other instructions for you as we finish our time together um, But would you just bow your head right where you are, and let's just pray to God. I want to use a prayer that my friend Pete, uh, at a a Ministerial Alliance meeting this week, he prayed. And it's an old prayer, uh, a Lutheran prayer. And I I just want to pray it over us, because I appreciate the heart and the sentiment of it. It says this, Lord God, you have called your servants to ventures of which we cannot see the ending, by paths as yet untrodden, through perils unknown. But give us faith to go out with good courage, not knowing where we go, but only that you that your hand is leading us and your love supporting us through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. And so before we leave here today, or dismiss you today. Um, I have three things I want to ask of you as we this part dismiss for today. Number one, I want to encourage all of us to continue to be the church to one another check in on one another. Think about maybe if you're a person who attends church here, kind of think about some of the people that you sit around on a Sunday morning. And don't be afraid to make that call. Send that text. Reach out to somebody. Uh, be mindful of others. Reach out to one another. And if you know of someone who needs assistance, uh, someone to, who needs someone to pray with them, to talk with them, to have an errand run for them, uh, do what you can do but also involve us, let us know that there's a place on our website or the telephone works great to call us and say, hey, this person has a need and what can we do to help with that? So be the church to one another. Number two, continue to support the church. Uh, Let's continue to give in support of the work here um, because that work has to keep going, even through times when we're uh, distant from each other. And so uh, on our page, you can find ways to give online. Uh, You can mail things in, whatever you need to do. But I say that not because I want to be self-centered and self-focused. Um, I say that only because we do have to keep paying bills and keep doing those things, and those are important things. But my goal and my dream through all of this is that we would be in a position to be able to help a lot of people on the other side of this who are going to have financial struggles and different needs uh, in their life through this time. And uh, the more we give, the more that we're able then to reach out into our community, to minister to people, to meet their needs, to help them uh, sustain themselves through this time. So again, you can give online. There's directions for that on our website. Uh, If you need help, please call us. We'll we'll be glad to help you with that. And finally, number three is we're going to finish up with here today. I want us to commune with the Lord of the church. Um, I'm going to put a verse on the screen here that I would like for you to kind of meditate upon. I'll read it together with you before we dismiss here. But I just would like for you to think about it. The incarnation isn't just about Jesus coming. It's what he came to do that matters. And so I hope that wherever you are, whatever form communion takes for you today, whether it's uh, Ritz crackers or uh, whatever, Cheetos, Cheetos, whatever it may be, whichever you've got available, that we would take time to observe and remember these ideas. Matthew 1, 20 and 21 says, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus And why did the name Jesus? Because he will save his people from their sins. And so as you think about the body of Christ that was beaten and hung on a cross for you and your sin, meditate upon that and give thanks for him dying so that you might have life. And think about his blood, his blood that was shed, that blood that forgives us of all sin, that covers our sin that we so desperately need grace and mercy in. And so today, we're going to shut this off and allow you to go ahead and do communion at home where you are. But I want us to pray over the emblems and then we'll allow you to take communion and and, uh, we will be in touch uh, over the next few weeks as as long as this lasts and continue to try to grow. Um, Just remember Core 52, I think it's chapter seven, we go to next week uh, under the theme of kingdom. Uh, There's a schedule on the website. So stay plugged into that. Keep learning, keep growing. Allow this to be a time where where you're, you come out stronger on the other side because you've been intentional to grow. And so uh, we will see you next week. Let's pray together over the emblems and we will dismiss you today. Our God and our Father, thank you for Christ. Thank you that his coming had a beautiful and grand promise and purpose to it. Thank you that his coming was all about um, not just living, but dying. Thank you that he gave himself every way that he possibly could so that we might have life. Thank you for his body that was broken. Thank you for the blood that was shed that gives us and buys the forgiveness that that there's no way we could ever attain apart from his gracious and merciful sacrifice. And so, Lord, we uh, we just come today and ask that you would fill us with gratitude, fill us with peace, fill us with hope, uh, because we know that Christ is is the center. He is the rock upon which our lives are built. And because of that, no matter how hard life may be or feel or become, that we have a rock that is immovable. And so thank you for Jesus. And we pray these things in his glorious and good name. Amen. God bless you all.